Westside Baptist Church in Noonan, Georgia, brings you our weekly podcast. We hope you will be encouraged by our music and a message from the Word of God as we present our Sunday morning and Sunday evening services and our weekly broadcast by Dr. Melvin Payne. We thank you for listening.
Amen. good to be here this morning, and I did see Miss Karen back there, Miss Karen Frosted, and uh, <clears throat> then I look back and I see uh, 
some folks, Mrs. Motes, and I know her mother-in-law, but she's still in the hospital. She's at rehab. I didn't, I went by to see her. I hadn't been back by because you would not want me near uh, anyone that's uh, compromised physically. And, um, but uh, it's just good to see you here uh, that have been through such a difficult time uh, this week. Uh, I mean, it was just two Wednesdays ago, Brother William's dad was buried, and then, and then, of course, uh, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday when we buried Brother Don, was it, or Wednesday? I'm sorry, it was last Sunday at 2 o'clock, and then um, we buried Miss Molly, and uh, I believe was Wednesday, I believe. And I want to say that uh, it's always a privilege to be your pastor. And I <clears throat> cut up and hit around, as we did earlier, about funerals and so forth. But uh, when times like that come in the lives of Westside Baptist Church, uh, I don't mind for a minute. Uh, being there as much as I can. And I uh, appreciate Westside Baptist Church. Uh, you ladies have jumped in with multiple back-to-back -back funerals. And uh, where needed and requested, uh, jumped in with food and, and tried to do what you could. So I thank you. And uh, we had so many funerals that the Strickland family just basically told us to stay away when it came to bringing food. We did take some food early on, but we didn't have the main meal. But uh, the Stricklands were uh, merciful. And they would say, hey, our ladies are spent, they're worked, and uh, we want to give them a break. So uh, we appreciate the ladies being willing to, to feed the Strickland family, but uh, we did not uh, do that the day of the funeral. If you have your Bibles, turn to First Peter. <clears throat> First Peter. Chapter 1, I want to share a few moments with you something that we have in Christ Jesus. I believe it's appropriate. I look out and we, I mentioned the Stricklands and Miss Karen and Brother William. And then not long ago, Brother Richard, we buried our dear sister, Miss Brenda. And so this thing of death and trials and tribulation in the Christian walk, it goes on, does it not? I'm telling you, uh, we uh, go through things on a daily basis. Brother William was talking about Mrs. Runnels, Kelly Runnels' mom, five weeks ago in perfect health, not a problem in the world, felt a little down, felt a little sick. And five weeks later, we were burying her. Now, nobody saw that coming, but God knew. It didn't catch him by surprise. Uh, my goodness gracious, alive. He, he loves his children. And the Bible tells us if one hair in our head were to fall to the ground, he's taking note of it. So nothing catches our God by surprise. But in First Peter, I want us, if you don't mind, <clears throat> just to read in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy 
hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time wherein ye greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom having not seen ye love in whom though now ye see him not ye believe rejoice ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls I want to speak to you for a moment just for a few moments this morning man we have been through the trial we have been through the tribulation we have been through the sicknesses and the deaths but in spite of all that we have we see here in verse 3 that we have a lively hope by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ I look across the congregation and I see the families of sickness I see the families of financial issues I see the families that have experienced death firsthand and on a very personal level I want to say to you in spite of all that hey sister good to have you here tonight today didn't see you back there thank God you're here been praying for you amen glad to see your face glad to hear your sneeze amen <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen we've got a lively hope I'm not talking about I sure do hope when I get home the heaters running I sure do hope when we get home the power bills been paid and the lights are still on I sure do hope the water pipes haven't frozen I sure do hope, etc. They said, no, I'm talking about a lively hope. We have a definite hope, a hope with purpose, a sure hope, a hope that will not fail us, a lively hope, a hope that is in nothing, nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness, the lively hope that we have in Jesus Christ, <clears throat> I've watched over the last 10 days members of this church mourn over their lost loved ones. 
And I've always quite uh, interested in seeing how different people mourn the loss of their loved ones. Some mourn with emotional highs. Some mourn in deep emotional lows. And I want to say this, no matter which way, how you celebrate the homegoing of one of your loved ones or one of our loved ones, there's that time, there's that moment when you're all alone and it all comes down around your ears. I don't care where you are. You might be on a mountaintop today, but you've been in that valley when life seems to come down all around your ears and you think there's no hope, you think there's no end to the suffering and the tribulation. I want to tell you that when we reach that point, way down deep in the depths of our soul, there's that lively hope, that glimmer of light, that help, that very present help in the time of our trouble, which that lively hope in our resurrected Lord and our Savior, it gives us the ability to praise God when they go home. It gives us the ability to suffer through the missing of that person. It gives us the ability to recover and to move on. It's that lively hope that only comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, it's part, if I may say, of our inheritance to an inheritance in verse 4. And I want to say this. This inheritance, according to the word of God that we have in Christ, is an incorruptible inheritance. What does that word incorruptible mean? It means a lot of things. It means it can't be corrupted for one thing. And I like this in the Greek. It means this. To an inheritance... The word's incorruptible. But here's the meaning. The additional meaning, if I may say the deeper meaning. To an inheritance, are you ready? Of the risen dead. That's what the Greek says. We have an inheritance of the risen dead. Our God is not dead. He's alive. He is risen from the grave. And that's where our inheritance is. We make light of and Dave and I have fun when I ask the ladies to sing <clears throat> the Buddha song. And Dave go, oh no, here we go again. He's just messing around. He doesn't dislike that Buddha song. We're just poking fun at each other. I want to tell you, Mr. Buddha's gone. Mr. Buddha's dead. I don't worship a little short fat fella. I'm a midget. I don't worship little short fat people. <clears throat> I don't worship tall skinny people either. I just believe in my, my lively hope. That hope which is alive, injected with life through the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's my hope, and I hope it's your hope as well. 
if you have an incorruptible, if you have an incorruptible inheritance, <clears throat> it's through, it's through the risen dead, the risen from the dead Savior. I like this because to an inheritance, it says that's incorruptible. And I like the next one. It says, and undefiled. Well, I couldn't help but wonder, what is the other definitions, Greek definitions of this thing, of being our inheritance, of being undefiled? Well, first and foremost, it means our inheritance is not defiled. Pretty simple, huh? It also means our inheritance is unsoiled. Unsoiled, not a speck of dirt. Clean, white as snow, pure as the freshly driven snow. Our, our inheritance is undefiled. And get this definition, listen closely. Our inheritance means free from that by which the nature of a thing is deformed and debased. Ladies and gentlemen, we were born deformed and debased. We were born into sin. We had no lively hope. We had no undefiled incorruptible inheritance. It was deformed. It was debased, debunked, perverted, sinful. That's what we had as an inheritance. But through the one who has risen from the dead, we have a non-deformed inheritance. <coughs> Excuse me. And by the way, this incorruptible, undefiled, it says in the next line that fadeth not away. I want to tell you, over the years I've seen people receive their earthly inheritance. I've seen people receive a quite goodly amount of inheritance. Big money, nice cars, and new homes. And literally, <clears throat> within five years, be living in a cardboard box. There was a man, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me again. A lady had lived across the street from us in South Carolina. Her name was Mrs. Gaines. And that lady worked hard all her life. Her husband, before he died, worked hard all his life. Her husband died. She carried on. She had a beautiful home. She had two very nice automobiles. I mean, a nice lawnmower and People come out. I mean, just a beautiful setup. She had a good income and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. <clears throat> and then Mrs. Gaines 
one day I saw, well, often I'd seen an ambulance over there. She was in bad health, and I'd always run over and check to see if they were taking her to the hospital. One day they did, and Mrs. Gaines, on her deathbed, is set to Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior there in the Anderson Hospital. It wasn't a day to the most. I don't think it was even a day. Mrs. Gaines died and went to heaven. Devil missed another one. This old gal, she barely got in, but she had an inheritance, incorruptible. She left hundreds of thousands of dollars to her son. Within one year, he has spent every dime of it. Within one year, he had wrecked and destroyed both those beautiful automobiles. Within one year, he was in jail. He had an inheritance that was wasted and spent, and he was at fault. It was within his means to destroy the inheritance that his mother and father had worked so hard to give to him. But I want to tell you that our inheritance, we can't defile it or defeat it or diminish it. It's undefilable, undestroyable. It's incorruptible, and it will not fade away. It's our salvation. You sure I can come back tonight, brother? <clears throat> I'm going to, excuse me, I'm going to close in just a minute. I got to get to this. You got to understand, we got a lively hope. We need to understand that we got a lively hope, an excitable hope, a happy hope, because our, our inheritance is incorruptible and undefilable, and can't be taken away. We need to be excited and should be excited about that. Then the next word after the term that fadeth not away says reserved in heaven for you. Did you hear that? <clears throat> reserved heaven it didn't say to brother Anthony it said for you look into the mirror of God's word and just see your see your precious face almost said your ugly face but that wouldn't be very nice you Folks, I'm closing with this, so hang on. In the next verse, verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God. <clears throat> I'll tell you why I like that word. This word kept. Now let me back up one minute. The word reserved refers to guarded from loss or injury. Y'all with me? I'm not talking about reserving a hotel room. 
the middle of the next month or second week of next month, we're having our winter fest. And we're reserving some hotel rooms over here for those men of God to come and sing and preach to us for four services. Uh, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning, and Sunday night. And we're going to have a good time in the Lord. And I hope you'll show up and support the meeting and get blessed and be a blessing. That's not what kind of reservation I'm talking about. This thing of being reserved is to be guarded from a loss or from an injury. This thing being reserved is a fortress. Now, this is biblical definition, not just a dictionary. A fortress or full, a full military lines of apparatus. I'm talking about the soldiers standing there with their equipment on, with their weapon at hand, and blood in their eyes. That's what the Bible means when it says our inheritance is reserved. It is protected. And guess what the Bible says in verse 5? Who are kept by the power of God. I'm going to tell you why I like this. I'm done. To be kept in this definition means to hem in, to surround. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to tell you, but we're surrounded. We're hemmed in. Can't get out if you wanted to get out. You're kept. By the power of God. This word kept, which also means keep with a garrison. You say, well, so what? What does that mean to be kept or keep with a garrison? I believe it's important because a garrison contains 3,300 and 76 soldiers, fighting men. I'm telling you, we are wrapped in the power of God and around the power of God, around the perimeter, there are 3,376 fighting angels of God protecting us. We are kept by the power of God, reserved by his power, and kept by the garrison. I don't know about you. That's why Thursday, I'll try not to get too close, Brother Joe, so you can do something tonight. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I think it was Thursday. I've been in bed sick between funerals. <laughs> and I was laying there. And God came into that room with me. And man, I got excited. And I realized, well, Alton, why are you excited? You're not feeling well. And I may have been mad at my wife at that time. I must have been mad at your wife. I mean, there's just reason. 
But man, I got excited. I was there, I thought about Miss Karen. And do you mind if I mention Miss Molly? Do you mind? Some of you don't know this. Amen. I hear that, honey. Keep on. <clears throat> Last Sunday, Miss Molly got up. She got up and laid her clothes out to come to church. She'd been sick for four weeks straight. And she got her clothes, laid them out to come to church yesterday, last Sunday morning. She didn't show up to church. They thought, well, you know, she wasn't feeling well for four weeks. And she decided not to come. But Miss Molly had gone outside to get the paper and had fallen, and nobody knew it until one of her daughters went over that afternoon and found her. <clears throat> And I thought, my goodness, this lady had her clothes laid out to go to church, intending fully to come and sit right in her place back there. Enjoy the singing. Enjoy the fellowship. Enjoy the worship of God. And the Lord said, Miss Molly, you're not going to go to church today. I'm going to bring you home. In other words, you're not going to church today because I'm bringing church to you. I said, Miss Bolly can get up sick. But she can lay those clothes out with full intentions to go to God's house. That excites me. I wanted to get up and come to church right then. We got a lively hope. This lively hope calls people to get up, come to church when they're not feeling well. It calls them to get up and come to church when you're mourning over the death of a lost loved one. It calls you to get up and go to church when the devil tells you, not to. We got a lively hope. I do. I hope you do. This morning, can you say, preacher, I've got that lively hope. I'm bound by the power of God. I have this inheritance that is incorruptible. It's indisputable. It cannot be wasted. It cannot be spent by me. It's all in the hands of a glorious God. Do you know the Lord this morning? Christians, have you, have you taken advantage of this lively hope? Oh, we got to go to church. We don't. The phone's going to ring and the preacher's going to want to know where we were. Are you kidding me? Some of you miss church so often, I don't know whether you're sick or dead. I'd have to take a search warrant out to find you half the time. If I called everybody that missed church when they should be in the house of God, I would have to go to my office and glue myself to the chair and sit there. And I love you. Preacher, am I right? You know I'm right. You know I'm right. I'm talking about 
a glorious inheritance that can't be defiled, that we can't waste or spend or blow. I'm talking about this thing of being kept by the power of a resurrected Savior. And just for decoration, he has set a garrison about us and says, I dare you, old devil, to try to touch him. We are kept. If that don't do something for you, I'm sorry. That makes me... I I was in a church one time preaching, and I said this. I said, I'm tickled pink. I really don't know what that means. I've never been tickled pink before. I don't know what it means. But I know that I was excited on Thursday about coming and worshiping with you. Brother Richard, I tell you, I love you. It's a tough thing for you to get up and do what you do. But you do it because somewhere deep inside, there's a lively hope that exists. And, and this old world cannot extinguish what Brother Richard has in him. What's pushed Miss Karen to be that lively hope? What's pushed, what's caused the stricken family to be sitting back here when many families will stay home? That lively hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. But I'm done, but I've had fun. Let's stand, please. Maybe here, maybe Christian, you're here this morning. And you just want to say, Lord, thank you for this lively hope you've given me. Lord, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But I want to thank you for it. And you may be here this morning, say, Preacher, I've never, ever asked Jesus to come into my heart and to save me. I don't have that lively hope. I want to ask you, if you don't, as we sing, would you come forward and let us have someone to go. Open God's word and show you how you can be saved today. Before it's eternally too late, could we sing, please? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed.